Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. This is the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN. Welcome aboard. I'm Emily Donahue. In this podcast, we'll be talking about Afghanistan. Specifically, a year after the Taliban's takeover, we're following foreign counterterrorism efforts there. Isaiah Galassi is a global security analyst with RAIN. Welcome to the podcast, Isaiah. Thanks. Happy to be here. So what can you tell me about counterterrorism in Afghanistan? So I'd say that generally there has been limited foreign counterterrorism activity in Afghanistan after the withdrawal. Uh, the United States has been particularly judicious in its conduct of such activity. Uh, it only conducted the unmanned aerial vehicle strike against al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri on July 31st. And Pakistan has been the other main actor involved in counterterrorism in Afghanistan, uh, mainly against Tehrik al-Taliban Pakistan or the TTP. Isaiah, what counterterrorism operations have foreign countries conducted in Afghanistan since 2021? So the most prominent reported foreign counterterrorism operation conducted in Afghanistan was the U.S. strike on Azwahiri in Kabul. Uh, Azwahiri was residing in an upscale neighborhood in the house of a top aide to Taliban Interior Minister Sirajuddin Haqqani, and the U.S. reportedly had assets on the ground that supported the strike and helped confirm Azwahiri's killing. Now, besides eliminating the then leader of al-Qaeda, uh, the revelations surrounding the strike bolstered what the United States intelligence community and the UN Security Council had long assessed, that al-Qaeda remains present in Afghanistan and continues to be close with the Taliban. Now, Pakistan has also been involved in counterterrorism in Afghanistan. Uh, it's reportedly conducted airstrikes, allegedly targeting members of the TTP in eastern Afghanistan back in April. There have also been other attacks reported throughout the year, including roadside bombings and suspected UAV strikes against senior TTP leaders uh, that were likely conducted by Pakistan as well. Uh, so besides for those more targeted strikes, Pakistan has also used artillery and mortars to retaliate against TTP fighters in eastern Afghanistan who have fired upon Pakistani forces across the border. Given the scrutiny that the Biden administration received about its, um, you know, over-the-horizon counterterrorism strategy. Can you talk about what the late July strike says about U.S. capabilities there? Sure. So just for context, after the Taliban takeover of the country and the withdrawal of coalition forces, Azawahiri apparently felt safer and more comfortable, and he made himself vulnerable to discovery by foreign intelligence services by taking greater risks and generally using poor tradecraft. Uh, in particular, he decided to relocate to the capital of Afghanistan and ultimately reunite with his family, which allowed foreign intelligence services to discover him. Now, the first thing to note is that the U.S. appears to maintain some intelligence capabilities in Kabul. Uh, based on media reports and statements by Biden administration officials, the U.S. was able to verify Azwahari's presence in the capital through multiple streams of intelligence, uh, gain an understanding of the area where Azwahari was located, and establish an understanding of Azawahri's habits and routines, or pattern of life. So while the United States has significantly degraded intelligence capabilities in Afghanistan generally, it does appear to maintain an underlying capability in the country's capital. 
Once the intelligence collected was judged sufficient enough to strengthen confidence in a successful strike with low risks to civilians, uh, the U.S. was ultimately able to launch a strike operation. Now, the location where the UAV was launched has not been confirmed, but it's likely that it originated from air bases in the United Arab Emirates or Qatar, which the U.S. has previously used for UAVs and which are relatively close to Afghanistan. It also appears that Pakistan likely granted U.S. permission to use its airspace to conduct the strike, uh, given that Pakistani airspace would have provided the quickest path to Afghanistan, and because the two countries previously maintained an agreement granting U.S. permission for flights to and from Afghanistan. Now, the U.S. also reportedly chose to use special munitions in the strike, which lacked a more traditional explosive warhead to minimize risks of civilian casualties. So ultimately, the strike demonstrated that under certain circumstances, the U.S. can successfully conduct UAV strikes against high-value targets in Afghanistan. Well, let's go forward there. What is the state of fighting terrorists in Afghanistan look like going forward? So foreign countries will continue to face significant challenges countering extremism in Afghanistan, and many of these challenges stem from the lack of a credible counterterrorism partner on the ground, The Taliban maintains relationships with multiple extremist groups, has consistently lied about its relationships with these groups, and has occasionally even denied that they are present uh, in the country. And even when the Taliban are intent on countering such groups, they haven't really been successful. Uh, The Taliban have been attempting to counter Islamic State Khorasan province since they took over Afghanistan, uh, but ISKP has been consistently able to conduct lethal attacks even against more heavily guarded locations uh, and targets. So foreign countries will likely have to rely on themselves to counter terrorism in Afghanistan, and many will have to do so from afar. And the challenge is significant. There are a diverse array of extremist groups in the country, including the Uyghur extremist Turkestan Islamic Party and the Tajik extremist Jama'at Ansarallah, and they've generally enjoyed significant freedom since the Taliban takeover. Many of these groups have expressed intent to attack foreign countries, are actively restrengthening, and in some cases are working together to mutually develop their capabilities. So going back to the United States as an example, despite the success of the Zawahiri operation, the U.S. intelligence capability in Afghanistan remains significantly degraded. It doesn't have the human intelligence network it had prior to the withdrawal, and if the U.S. is relying on UAVs launched from the Persian Gulf, fuel constraints limit the ability of those assets to collect quality intelligence. Fuel constraints also limit what the U.S. can do once a strike operation is underway since UAVs would be limited in how long they can loiter and adapt to unexpected changes on the ground. And given the emphasis the Biden administration has placed on preventing civilian casualties, it remains to be seen whether the United States will be conducting counterterrorism strikes in Afghanistan more frequently, given that it's more difficult to establish confidence of a successful strike with low risks of civilian casualties uh, in the current environment. So the United States and the international community will likely continue to face significant challenges in countering a resurgence in extremism uh, from Afghanistan moving forward. Isaiah, that is a lot to take in. Thank you so much for that analysis. Thank you for the opportunity. Isaiah Galase is a global security analyst with RAIN. You can stay up to date on the security situation in Afghanistan and more than 150 other countries at RAIN Worldview, our geopolitical intelligence solution. With interactive maps, risk tracking, and analysis, security professionals rely on RAIN Worldview. Find out how RAIN can help your business manage risk at rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thank you for listening. Thank you.